0: MP, it's our final event of the year. Oh, it's all a bit sad, Bretto, but after four big events for 2018, we are going out with a bang with one more wellness base camp, and the location for this one is regional Victoria, the great town of Bendigo awaits. Oh, and
1: how's this for a lineup, MP? Bendigo will be rocking with the rock star of wellness, Damien Christophe.
0: The art of self-love angel herself, Kim Morrison, hits the stage. As will the natural nutritionist, Steph Lowe. And I'll tell you what, Steph's presentation at the summit on fasting was a showstopper. You'll be there, Bretto. I'll be there too.
1: And Wendy Stewart from Wendy's Way will be there to share her inspirational story, which really did go off at the Wellness Summit earlier this
0: year. It's Saturday, October 27th at the beautiful All Seasons Resort Hotel in Bendigo, and tickets are selling fast.
1: Two-for-one tickets for this one day of inspiration, information, and empowerment are available at thewellnessbasecamp.com.
0: That's right, folks. Get your two-for-one tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com before they run out and then the price goes up.
1: Finish your year of wellness in style at the Wellness Base Camp in Bendigo, Saturday, October 27.
0: Tickets at thewellnessbasecamp.com.
1: thewellnesscoach.com. Wellness into your
2: Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life. Hey there, fabulous listeners. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And thanks again for joining us this week. We're uh, always on the prowl for the latest and greatest information. So uh, this week is no different. We're bringing you a conversation about one of the probably the most important areas of human health right now in terms of uh, research and developments, which is pretty exciting because there's massive events coming up that are going to be releasing the latest and most cutting edge research that's coming out of universities, particularly around the world. And in the last sort of 24 months or so, this is an area of I guess health investigation that has exploded. It has been such a, a massive evolution in what we think we know. Um, so today we're talking about the gut microbiome and its effect on women's health specifically, but also, you know, men's health. This is all interrelated. Um, and we're going to talk so much about this because there is a massive event coming up, which our gorgeous Dr. Andrea is speaking at uh, on stage at the GUT Summit, which is going to be hosted in Perth, Sydney. There may even be something happening in Melbourne as well. So if you're in Australia. Um, and Adelaide too, I know. Adelaide, yeah. Uh, yeah. So have a, have a look. It's called the GUT Summit hosted by our awesome friend, Cal Brock. And there's, yeah, there's a, an incredible lineup of speakers. So, you know, we're very privileged to have Andrea on stage, which is very exciting. Thanks, um, but on, you know, rightly so, because this is an area where which we are really passionate about, which we, we do a lot of work in. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting because if we have a look at what our studies teach us, you know, at university level, anyone who has trained at university um, basically anything more than two years ago in terms of qualifications will not have this information to them they will have to go outside the university framework for their degree to go and learn this stuff. And I think that's fascinating because doctors, anyone who works in healthcare will not know this unless they've gone and done further study beyond, uh, you know, their degree in the last two years. So yeah, this is pretty cool. This is really frontline medicine right now.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting and what I'm doing is I'm like, you know, ferociously putting together all of the research and all of the information that I've kind of filtered <laughs> through over the last few years and trying to uh, smoosh that into like a 45-minute presentation and there is this kind of new field of study, this really important new field of study that's sort of emerging that I have a feeling that there will be a very like big trend towards. So you heard it here first, this is my (laughs) prediction and because there's this area of like what we're going to talk about now, there's this area of study that's coming up. That's all about that gut hormone connection. Um, and if we're going to get really nerdy, it's actually now termed microbial endocrinology. Um, so essentially it's, you know, indicating the role that the microbiome plays and the the central role it has in, in regulating our hormones. Um, which i think is really cool so you heard it here first it's going to be a big deal um i'm going to be talking about it. hopefully i'm going to be presenting on this information before anybody else <laughs> but, we, but we will see um ash before we get into the bulk of that i want to tell you something really funny and i'm going to try and keep my voice down a little bit because um i, I don't particularly want dean to hear that i'm sharing <laughs> with our podcast world some of his oh. blood test results oh. um So I didn't tell you this off air because I want to see your actual shock factor when we talk about this. (laughs) So Dean went and had some blood tests, just uh, his uh, blood pressure has been going up a little bit, which I've been a little bit concerned about. And of course, he will not listen to his highly educated wife. So I said, you know, just go see a GP, get some bloods done. He had them done weeks ago, finally brought home copies of the blood tests to me today. And I went through them and his liver function is hideous. So all of his liver enzymes are double what they should be. So he has already started this non-alcoholic fatty liver process. Wow. Um, and uh his cholesterol isn't too bad. Um, everything else is is pretty good. And it's definitely not because when that sort of stuff happens, you think, oh my goodness, is this post-viral? Is it post-infection? Definitely nothing like that. So this is purely poor lifestyle and dietary like sort of changes. So I'm hoping that this is going to, um, you know, give him the push to let me
2: take over. <laughs> oh, baby, and isn't that the way it is for so many people? Like it takes shock factor. It takes yeah. real data and real, you know, real-time results to go, oh, my God, this is not good. Um, And that urgency can drive the, the change that needs to happen. I, I think for, you know, a lot of us, myself included look you know most of you've been listening for a while know the journey i've taken and it takes a crisis point a catalyst to make you want to do something different so hopefully you know this is dean's little uh, wake-up call before you know real crisis occurs so oh good luck to you guys i mean i'm hoping he does not seem nearly as concerned about it as what i am um yeah, it's however- interesting <laughs> too and, and look you know you just think about this is we're all in the same boat super go 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 get lifestyle you know he's currently studying working juggling all yeah. the balls you know he's got a wife that's running a million miles an hour dogs in their <laughs> house like there's a lot of stuff going in your house and um you can see how stress response there would be playing a role in the cascade that's you know obviously conducive to the fatty liver kind of uh, yeah. process so yeah. We're going to get, I'm gonna have to come be... over and run a, run a uh, meditation session with Dino. <laughs> oh,
3: my God. That would be so
2: good. You know I might actually listen to you
3: that would be amazing. <laughs> um, um, and that will absolutely be relevant to what we're going to talk about today because definitely. when our liver doesn't work very well, it also means our detoxification capacity does not work very well yeah. and there is such an important relationship between our liver and our gut and that's also what really helps to maintain hormonal balance. Um, so I'm hoping that with the amazing food that we get from Dinner Twist, um, and this is just a very awesome transition that that's just happened organically into yeah. me talking about our beautiful sponsors that are Dinner Twist. So uh, ladies, if you listened to the show last week, you'll um, know that um, we've got some an amazing company on board um, that is Dinner Twist. So they will plan, shop, make uh, you know incredible recipes for you. Often they even you know do all the actual chopping and portioning out of things for you too, which is incredible. And they deliver it to your door. All you have to do is cook it, which usually takes less than twenty minutes. And uh, Ash and I both get the wholesome box, which is naturally gluten and dairy free, um, and also preservative free too, which I forgot to mention. Um, we would love you guys to try this if you wish. And we have a little promo code for you that gives you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So you will not be sorry. And uh, you'll also see why this is
2: will also help with Dean's
3: (laughs) dietary changes that we need to make.
2: Yeah, look, I love that too because um, how often do we make excuses for clean living, you know, for eating well and, and doing the right things? Um, so, you know, anyone and any product like Dinner Twist that can help us uh, reduce the excuses, you know, uh, things like I don't have enough time, I don't don't like shopping, uh, all those things that come to mind are certainly, you know, excuses that busy women have. So hopefully, ladies, if uh, that's something that's interesting to you, obviously it's more for our Perth-based listeners, but uh, across the globe there are amazing companies that do things like this so we do encourage you if you're struggling, just reach out, reprogram by using someone else's services till you can get your stuff under control. But you know what? Let's talk about gut microbiome because we know that our our basically our gut microbes have an amazing and immense uh, regulation purpose when it comes to your hormones and you know we often have talked about this before that our hormones work like a symphony um that they've got these you know incredible interrelationships way they work one thing brings into another thing brings into another thing and you know one issue anywhere along that chain is going to cause flow and effect now the gut is an incredibly important part of that whole symphony it's essentially what you know is being referenced by other health practitioners. I've certainly heard talking to a naturopathic friend was saying, um, you know, the the gut is the, the conductor and um, I was interested by that because I thought, wow, that's that's a big call to say it's the number one player. I always say, isn't it the nervous system? Um, but we do yeah. know about the enteric nervous system too, so gut-brain connection, you know, the gut-brain axis, and then yeah. of course, you know, um, that flow and effect to hormones. So I still stand that the uh, nervous system is the number one control system, <laughs> but well, it was it is. interesting. And yeah,
3: if when you think about hormonal balance, your hypothalamus and your pituitary are the conductors for mm. your entire hormonal cascade mm. um, which also includes the gut but there is definitely that bi-directional relationship between the two and we know that via the vagus nerve mm. and how the gut then signals up to the brain which then controls and projects to the hypothalamus and the pituitary and so on and so forth so whenever um, and I I think this is just um, you know a metaphor that we use when we talk about hormones is to help people to understand it is that it is this symphony orchestra of balance, and I always refer to the nervous system as being the conductor. However, I think that the gut is, I don't know what's the like two I see to a conductor. <laughs>
2: is is yeah the i, you know what? Chair. Yeah, I, I was about do. to say you know it's going to be the big the big player in the uh, the orchestra if nothing else yeah. <laughs> and you know what i actually played
3: many different instruments when i was in high school um and i cannot remember this but that's totally fine uh so yeah and it's so fascinating because we're starting to understand how our gut actually talks to all of these endocrine organs So your microbiome has the potential to not only communicate with, for example, our adrenal glands, our ovaries or our prostate, our thyroid, all of our like actual endocrine organs themselves, but they can also change the expression of them so they can change what they're actually putting out there and it can also change the systemic circulation of all of those hormones as well so it's controlling how much is in our blood and how much we're
2: actually using as well Um, and this is our that's from our microbiome that's incredible so look essentially if your gut you know microbiome is out of kilter, you know, if it's uh, out of balance, then there's so many different disorders that we can associate with those, you know, those imbalances. This is anything from cardiovascular health conditions, um, obviously all our hormonal is- issues regarding estrogen production, testosterone levels, um, you know, endocrine disruption from you know, environmental chemicals disrupt the gut, microbiome, and, of course, the flow-on effect is that, you know, regulation with our own system. Um, mm-hmm. It's been associated with things like endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which we talked about, you know, just a week or two ago, um, thyroid functional issues, particularly hypothyroidism, and all of the mm-hmm. autoimmune disorders as well. Um, it can affect symptoms, you know, surrounding menopause. Um, and, you know, anything that affects that, obviously there's a, there's a gut brain connection. So of course it's going to affect our HPA access, our stress response and our happy hormones to the brain. So our sense of, you know, I guess, depression, anxiety, it can be elevated when our gut hormones are off balance. So, this is massive. And I think, you know, we're starting to see that even through um, psychiatry, there's a few incredibly well-renowned psychiatrists such as Dr. Kelly Brogan, who are using frontline therapy of probiotic therapy before pharmaceuticals to try and get the gut right, to get the brain right, to, you know, help someone get healthy before adding in, you know, more, more chemicals and more toxins to the system. And that is just Incredibly important that uh, we've got people pushing the edges here and challenging the status quo in what conventional prescriptions are doing.
3: And Ash, I love that you um, mentioned some of the stress hormones there and Mm. also, you know, some of the things that they're doing in psychiatry because that is so fascinating. There's this. Indirect, and I think still, and I'm more than happy for someone to correct me if I'm wrong, but still yet unknown mechanisms that the gut microbiota exerts its control over some of our stress responses. So, for example, over that hypothalamic, pituitary, adrenal axis that we talk about all the time. What we have seen and how this has sort of been clear is in some of the animal studies. Where, for example, animals that are raised in germ-free environments will show exaggerated responses to physiological stresses, which will then normalise once we recolonize their gut with certain bacterial species. So we can see that there's this, you know, stress anxiety response when there's a lack of diversity that then completely normalises when we like essentially re-inoculate the gut um, and which is fascinating, right? This is like such cool nerdy stuff.
2: I just love it. (laughs) And it Um, is. It's incredible because what it's doing, I mean, who would have thought, right? Who would have thunk it? That the (laughs) microbiomes, you know, of our body can help us adapt to our environment. Wow. (laughs) I wonder how we survived as a species for so long, right? Um, So, you know, the fact that we're damaging this very, um, microbial environment that protected us you know and and helped us survive cataclysmic events you know as the planets evolved um, are the very things that we're doing so much damage to right now thanks to the toxic environment we're putting ourselves into. Oh, um, and yeah, absolutely is connected to the stress response. Certainly was looking at um, some studies that were connected to that and they were talking also not just the effect of the positive and the good bacteria on our adaptability, which is our stress adaptation, stress handling, but also the effect of, you know, pathological um Bacteria such as uh, Pseudomonas was one of them and Salmonella yeah. um, and yes. I think E. coli yeah. as well. So it was three that I was looking at. And they essentially, you know, when those numbers aggregate and they outweigh the, I guess, the benefits of our good microbiome function, um, they're connected to an increased stress response. So the body's in survival states, which raises our adrenaline or epinephrine. Um, and of course, what does elevated stress do? It's gonna burn out our HPA axis.
3: Exactly. But then diverts the blood away from the gut as well. Uh-huh. So which means that you're in this ideal state for that pathogenic overgrowth mm. in the gut. So and then we have this, you know, big shift into more of a lactic acid type environment, which again feeds those pathogenic bugs and that flow and effect is just, it's such a vicious cycle. Ladies, you should see how excited Ash and I are right now about this <laughs> stuff. Like,
2: we are so animated. <laughs> I love it's, that, it's you so know, so at 8 30 at night, we're frothing at the mouth over <laughs> the microbiome. <laughs> I know, it is. It's so exciting. And uh, um, it's
3: really interesting that, uh, okay, so for example, um, GABA, one of our inhibitory neurotransmitters um, in the brain, so this is actually produced in the gut and it's produced by several of the lactobacilli species. Um, and this is also something that controls or like i guess inhibits some of that stress response as well um, whereas like what you said like nor- noradrenaline epinephrine um, dopamine serotonin all of those things are all still hormones that are produced by certain strains of bacteria yeah. so th- and i think like we know that GABA's is produced by that we i think everybody knows that serotonin is produced in the gut, and 90% of that is actually made by our microbiota. Like we need our gut health to be so spot on so that we can actually make and produce these hormones just to keep our, you know, brain swimming in the nice chemicals that it needs to, just to keep us level-headed, to help to stave off the, um, you know, anxious uh, symptoms and the depressive-type symptoms.
2: Like, this is part of its job. Fascinating. And not to mention that um, you've also so serotonin is a precursor for the hormone melatonin. And if you know what melatonin is, melatonin is our basically sleep cycle hormone. So it's what controls our sleep-wake cycles in accordance with our natural environment. Hopefully, you know, we're not getting too much stimulus from blue light and technology and overhead fluorescent lights and things like that but if we're in accordance with our environment you know our day night cycle moon sun cycles then our melatonin serotonin function is really good um you know interestingly if that serotonin function is off because of the microbiome being offline, your melatonin rhythms are out of sync too and yeah. then this is a vicious cycle as well because our melatonin cycle puts our bodies into states of rest, obviously. That's when we do our healing and repair. So anytime our circadian rhythm is out of kilter, so too is our body's ability to reset, repair, and uh, you know, deal with the daily stresses that life throws at us because we're not able to repair, then we're not able to, you know, repair the defense walls ready for the next onslaught. So wow, does that affect health? Absolutely. <laughs> And you can tell when we get excited because we also start to talk really fast as well. Um, yeah, and our train of thought goes a bit haywire. So I hope you're following us right now. Basically, <laughs> we're just saying the gut produces hormones that are needed for the brain to be happy. The happy parts of our brain hormones produce things that help us sleep. You know, who would have thought when we're feeling, you know, happy and well, we have good sleep patterns, we're rested and recovered, we feel good and energetic. So all the benefits of health come when our body's in sync and in cycle, um, just on basically vice versa. When our body is out of health, when our microbiome is out of health, our sink and cycle is out of sink and cycle (laughs) and we're not feeling great. Um Okay. Should we introduce them to the estrobilome? Ooh, okay, yeah, ladies, ladies, this, this is going to be fancy. Yeah, this is really fancy. and It might blow your little brain cells, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 reckon you can handle it. You guys are amazing. You you switch on to all of our crazy conversations. So we're going to keep you uh, building that knowledge base that you're already creating with our conversation so far. Let's talk estrobilome because this is kind of a cool new fancy term. It's only been coined in the last few years, so there's uh, a lot to be learned about it. So the
3: esterobalome is effectively, it's an aggregate of our functional gut bacterial genes. So it's a product of certain bugs in there and it's capable of essentially metabolizing estrogen. So that's its job which is pretty amazing. So part of the role of the strobilome is to actually make sure that our estrogen balances are intact. So it will help with the detoxification and the, like I guess the metabolism of estrogen, Mm. which is absolutely amazing. And it's, it's produced by a collection of enzymes by specific types of, you know, bugs, like I said, but this is kind of a bit of a double-edged sword because this seems really amazing, right? That we've got this aggregate of, bugs or enzymes that are made by these bugs in our gut that's going to help with our hormonal balance. But, you know, what it actually does, and particularly with some of the things that we might do with our lifestyle or with, you know, our xenoestrogenic exposure and those sorts of things, is that the astroblom actually favours what we call uh, conjugated estrogens and the metabolism metabolism of conjugated estrogens. So I'm going to try and simplify this detoxification process as much as I can because it it can become really complicated. So when we are trying to get rid of something, um, there's a couple of things that happen in our liver. So it'll go through phase one and phase two of detoxification. So during phase two of detoxification in the liver, estrogen is split apart or deconjugated. Now it's a little bit um, more, uh, I guess. Um, unstable when it's deconjugated um, and then what it, you know your system is supposed to do is supposed to put it back together so that it's not dangerous anymore and get rid of it and but what actually happens um, is that your estrobilone favors the conjugated estrogen so the ones that are already put back together and then what it does is it actually frees them so it deconjugates them again so that they're easily reabsorbed but then that can actually go back into the systemic sort of circulation, which can increase our circulating estrogen levels and impact our overall, you know, hormonal or estrogen load. So I know that this kind of sounds a little bit um, counterintuitive or a bit of a paradox. Why would we have this, you know, awesome part of our gut that metabolizes estrogen, but then splits it apart again? and makes it even, you know, more sort of potent. And it can be that the type of oestrogen that it's trying to deal with, and it can be because of the actual health of your gut as to how well it can actually do that in the first place. So, for example, when we have really low levels of of the oestrololone or low levels of the bacterial constituents that make up that, and if we don't have things like adequate fibre then that is going to dramatically impact its ability to then continue that metabolic
2: function. Does that kind of make sense, Ash? Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, yeah, Yeah. no, essentially what I can, from what I'm taking, you know, in that conversation so far is that if we have dysfunctional bacteria or bacteria not doing the right jobs there, then we've got increased levels of circulating estrogen Exactly. Which leads yeah. to a host of different estrogen dominant conditions. And, you know, there are things like endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome, increased risks of um, female hormonal cancers. So, you know, cervical, breast, um, anything that's estrogen driven. So, yeah, that. And
3: that- that's actually how they found out about the estrogen in the first place and mm. the impact of, you know, your, your gut microbiota uh, control of hormonal metabolism was when they started doing research into how the body. Processes estrogens. And this was research that was published back in 2016 that showed that when we don't have, you know, a stroblome that's functioning all that well and when we're not metabolizing things very well, that it increases your risk for hormone-dependent malignancies, essentially, or hormone-dependent cancers.
2: Yeah, fascinating. And that was, um, that was to do. Yeah. It was all to do with cancer research, which is really incredible. So thanks to researchers out there looking for, um, ways to cure cancer and to end the, you know, the crisis that is cancer, uh, they've been able to discover more about the gut and this dysbiosis because they've certainly found that, um, cancer patients have significantly altered gut microbiome compared to healthy subjects. And that's, you know, that's really interesting to say, well, hang on. So the environment is altered in such a way that favors cancer proliferation. So, you know, if we can improve the environmental state, can we reduce the risk of cancer? Can we cure cancer? So, I mean, great questions they're asking, incredible research they're doing. And if you have a look at the things that
3: are going to really impact your gut health, so some of the, obviously antibiotics, and I think this is actually where we knew like anecdotally that our gut was related to our hormones because we know that the oral contraceptive pill, for example, has Mm -hmm. an antibiotic-like effect on the gut, but also by taking antimicrobials um, such as antibiotics can actually Uh, affect or cause a failure of the hormonal of hormonal contraceptives so it's kind of again there's that that two-way link there where we I think we knew this information but we didn't actually know how to put it together because we knew that you you know your pill may not work while you're taking antibiotics but also the pill and antibiotics both kill off the gut so there was hints as to the microbiome role in our hormonal balance but we just like I said haven't been able to connect the dots I think until now um one thing that's really interesting is that while we are talking about the astrobilone and how important that is with the oral contraceptive pill, it actually impedes all of that estrogen metabolism. So I think this is also why it creates such an estrogen dominant state, not just purely from a hormonal perspective, but also because of the role it's having on the gut, but as well as the fact that it's increasing all of your inflammatory markers as well. So there's a really strong link between women and their hormonal imbalance, poor gut health and and a direct link to things like um, Crohn's, colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, um, you know, all of those sorts of of chronic gut issues that go hand in hand with that hormonal dysfunction too.
2: Mm, Interesting. And while we're on the path of hormone dysfunction, uh, effect on thyroid function, right? You know, there's, yes, you know, there's dramatically, natra- yeah, dramatic, if I think that's, that's nailed it because the, anyone who, okay, so if you're listening, if you know of anyone or if you are one of those people who has had a situation of being hyperthyroid, so this is, you know, that um, jitterness, the anxiety, the, you know, explained weight loss, things that, you know, uh, indicating um, hyperthyroidism, left untreated, prolonged can swing to hypothyroidism. And interesting, there's a really close connection to the gut dysbiosis um, because yes. they're talking about the low levels of microbial diversity and the correlation of high levels of thyroid stimulating hormone, TSH. Yes. Exactly. So, you know, if you overstimulate the thyroid long enough, basically you wear it out and you then swing into this state of hypothyroidism. Now look at how many women are starting to, you know, show up and be diagnosed with things like um, your Hashimoto's and Graves and all these things that are, you know, basically chronic thyroid dysfunction disorders. And it's really hard because a lot of women don't know until it's too late. Imagine if you could deal with that early on by dealing with the gut health. That would be an incredible process to not have to delve into hormone replacement therapies and things if you could fix the gut first. Yes, exactly. Ah, oh, I love that. And I'm so glad that
3: you talked about the the thyroid there, Ash. That's so interesting. Mm. Um, the other thing that – has been shown to, and I don't really know how to qualify this just yet, but when women are in ketosis for too long, it increases their reverse T3. And when your reverse T3 it goes up, it essentially just shuts down your thyroid. So I'm just a bit concerned about women being, on a ketogenic diet for too long or being in ketosis for too long and the long-term effects that that's going to have one on the gut, but also on their thyroid function too. Um, Mm. I am not entirely sure how to, again, like I said, how to qualify that yet or what that might mean clinically, but I just always have that in the back of my mind. And we just sort of use that as a bit of a word of warning, um, too, um, which is really interesting. Mm, Um,
2: right. Wow. So, that's a lot of stuff to take in today. That's uh, <laughs> a big deep dive. And you really, like you said, have only tipped, uh, tipped the iceberg there because you're, you've got some presentations to do. We've got these incredible and I events. it will be so much more succinct when I'm on stage and it will make
3: <laughs> so much more sense <laughs> when I'm on stage. We're going to go into so much more detail, but I think most importantly, we're going to talk about what you can actually do to yeah. enhance all of these function, to improve your gut health so that it your hormonal health and vice versa as well. Um, I'm not going to go into all of those things now because I do want to leave a little bit of mystery, but one of the biggest things is fiber.
1: Mm-hmm. Fiber,
3: fiber, 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 fiber. I cannot stress how important this is, one, for your gut, but also for your hormonal balance. Um, so that's why we're trying to encourage people to have – 30 different varieties of plants per week. Now, remember, nuts and seeds are also plants, so that could be part of, you know, those 30 different species um, just because it improves your microbiome diversity so much. Now, that is only if you can, you know, obviously tolerate fibre in in this sense. I know there are some conditions like, for example, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where they won't do very well on too much fibre or resistant starch and those sorts of things, but if you can tolerate it, this is going to be such an amazing thing to help to improve your hormonal balance as well Um, what we like to get you to aim for is about six cups of veggies a day so that's only two cups of veggies with each
2: meal that's actually really easy to do cool yeah i mean that's you think about that that's about um you know getting off your grain-based breakfast cereals and milk and throwing together an omelette with veggies or making a frittata or doing something you know creative you can No one said you can't eat salad for breakfast. It's just a Western notion that we should have, you know, cereal and milk, which is so, so wrong. If you go to other countries around the world, another thing that helps your your microbiome diversity is to go traveling um yes, definitely. you know you're gonna pick up new bugs everywhere you go <laughs> sometimes good, sometimes <laughs> not absolutely so good um, uh-huh. otherwise we'll do what kale did and stick you out in the desert with the sand people and uh <laughs> make you eat root vegetables until you, your microbiome improves um and the you know to to have exposure to other cultures and environment new you know new foods you don't have to eat cereal milk for breakfast you, you know most cultures don't <laughs> we're just the 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 random weird two percent of the population of the world that do that so um you know a lot of cultures are eating noodle soups and things like these for breakfast which have you know fully filled up with vegetables chicken broth all sorts of things that are incredibly good and nourishing for our guts so yeah i'm with you there increase your fiber increase your diversity of food sources so you know great diversity in vegetables particularly, um, also root vegetables, try and make them uh, organic where possible because obviously the soil, the food is grown in the way it's treated, pesticides, herbicides, and everything else that's in, uh, in conventional farming, insecticides kills our, our, gut diversity as well you know so that's a whole new topic that's a whole (laughs) we could keep talking another half hour of solutions that is talking about you know environmental toxicity which uh, i'm very passionate about but you know i think you know to touch on one thing you can do today start with increasing your fiber intake through plants Okay, that's everybody's homework. So if you haven't had
3: dinner already or you're just about to go to your next meal, I want you to make sure that you've got at least two cups of veggies at your next meal. Let us know um, how you did with that as well and what sort of things you're adding into your, uh, I guess, plethora of vegetable diversity for the week. Um, We will definitely continue to show you what our meals are too. um, And I think we've already posted some of the amazing ones from Dinner Twist this week. So we hope that you enjoyed looking at some of those. Um, We'll certainly try and share those recipes with you as well. Um, ladies, I would love it if you would uh, come and join us at the Gut Summit. So the first one's kicking off in Perth on the 3rd of November, or Saturday the 3rd. Um, I am on stage, I think, mid-morning, but there also are a couple of VIP tickets left. I know that for sure. And the VIP tickets give you so much access to us, and it also means that you're coming out to dinner with us as well, which means that you can literally pick our brains all night, um, and I promise that we will. Will be well rested uh, and fully functional so we can answer all of your questions <laughs> um i think Kale has released some two-for-one you know standard tickets and all sorts of things so it really is a day full of incredible information um so i'm going to be there dr damien christoph helen paradin uh, margie smith um who's going to help you uh figure out a whole bunch of information about testing and whether or not microbial testing is a good idea and so on and so forth. So it's going to be amazing. Um, I really hope that you come along. Um, oh, and uh, I think I'm, I'm going to give you a little promo code if you do want to. And this is one that Kale gave us specifically for our hormone, reset-ers, hormone resetters, and that is hormones rock, all one word, hormones rock. And that will give you 25% off the tickets. Um, so yes, uh, I'm pretty sure he'll be still happy for us to use that.
2: I don't <laughs> why not why try. Not. And if I don't you, if you why have not. any troubles, just get in touch with us. We'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so ladies, we
3: would love to see you there on the day. Um, we can't wait to meet you. Please let us know what you think about this episode. If it was too confusing, again, let us know and we'll try and simplify things, but we know you can keep up with that. We want to see what your veggie patch is looking like on your plate. So, ladies, communicate with us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Women, or on Instagram at The Wellness Women Official. And, ladies, until next week, be well.
1: This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives